This is your woo-woo best friend, a show about attainable transformation. Hello, friends. This is your woo-woo best friend. I'm Andy. I am back after our end of summer break. And I have to tell you, as I'm recording, I'm a little bit sick after being on vacation with my family last week. So we are, we're like a day or two late getting this episode to you. I'm under the weather. So is my husband, Ben, and he's the producer of our show. So our apologies for coming to you late. And going forward for the rest of the year, we're back on. So we we took a couple of weeks off for the end of the summer break. We had my birthday, and then we had vacation with Ben's family, and then vacation with my family. And for the first time, I decided I was going to really take vacation. Normally, when we're traveling or doing things with family, we're recording episodes, or at least recording these intros and outros. I like for them to be really in the moment right before the episode goes live. So that's normally what I do. But this go round, we decided we're going to really take a vacation. So thank you for honoring that with us. And For those that have been sending me notes about the Unschool series, thank you so much. If you haven't listened to the Unschool series, I totally encourage you to do so, whether you have a business or not. I think it's it's just really great, valuable stuff for helping you to grow in that particular realm. I got an email the other day from Lisa Anderson Schaefer. Lisa says that she is a human design reader, and she says, I've been lucky enough to meet with human design colleagues once a month or so to talk shop, and it's always so illuminating to discuss findings. I love that. I love hearing about human design readers or astrologers or graphic designers or whatever it is that you are finding other people in your community to have conversations with and to help raise each other up and illuminate the path for each other. So she shared that with me, which I love. And then she said, I've been loving the Unschool series, such a great approach to business guidance. That's really what I want it to be. It is all about deprogramming how we're supposed to be doing business and leaning into the feminine flow, plus the practical proven strategy. I think you need both. You need that intuitive feminine yin flow, plus the strategies. So that's what we wanted to bring forward in the Unschool series. If you have not yet taken our Unschool Masterclass, it is still running. We have the link in the show notes. Go take it. It's free. And if you're feeling like super jazzed about it, then you can join us inside the Unschool Intuitive Business Academy, which has two courses. It has how to start, which is great for you if you're starting or growing a business. And it also has Manifestation Blueprint. I included Manifestation Blueprint because I truly believe you need to be able to stay in that manifestation mindset while you're growing a business so that you don't get taken off course. It can be really scary and challenging to grow a business. So that's available all in the show notes if you want to check it out. Today's episode kicks off a whole string of episodes coming up that are interviews. I am so psyched about these interviews that we have coming up. Every single one of these women that are featured in these upcoming interviews are so expanding for me. They've really inspired me. Today, you're going to meet Carson Daly. She's a brand building expert. She's very much a pioneer in the Web3 space. 
She launched her own consulting agency in 2021. She's worked with many, many brands, many that you know, artists and founders, especially in the Web3 space. She's recognized as an expert in her field. She's been featured in so many industry publications. She speaks at conferences worldwide. She was on ABC's NFT's Enter the Metaverse documentary. And she also is the host of the Carson Daily Show podcast. I love her podcast. Definitely go give it a listen. I'll link it in the show notes too. If you're hearing this and you're like, I still don't know about Web3. I don't know about what blockchain technology and what that even is. I definitely don't know about crypto or if I even want to hear a conversation about that. I have to tell you, this conversation is so much deeper. It's so much deeper than just the technology piece. Carson has a background in women and gender studies. And it's so interesting to hear how that interest led her to breaking into a field that has historically been really boys club driven. She talks about moving from being advocacy Barbie to career Barbie and back again. And, you know, it's, we don't have to live in these silos. I think sometimes we feel like, okay, if I'm going to be if I'm going to be an advocate for a cause I really care about, I can't also build a business. I went through that feeling as I was starting to grow Casa Noon. Like, can I be an advocate for having a deeply meaningful spiritual life and also be building a beauty brand? Sometimes that might seem a little bit polar. However, we can be both. And so we talk a lot about that. We talk about what it's like to shift from being the top bitch for someone else to being that girl for yourself. We talk about what pivots look like, both in our career lives and in our personal lives. We talk about the democratization of art and business and the value of technology for connection and creation. I absolutely love this conversation. I've already said that. So let's get right into it. Welcome Carson Daly to your Woo Woo BFF. Hey, Carson, welcome to the show. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, we, we're going to talk about technology and we're like over here having like a technology meltdown. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part, right? It's like it all is supposed to work and mm-hmm. it's supposed to do great things except for when it doesn't work. And then <laughs> what do you do? Like you're literally lost. <laughs> it's uh, it's we're, we're here now. We're going to make it happen. So, okay. Tell us about yourself. I'm so interested in all things Carson Daly. Tell us all about you. Oh my God. Well, I'll try to keep it brief since the whole episode could be like where I'm from and where I am now and what I do. But my name is Carson. Um, I grew up in Vermont uh, on the East Coast of America. I now live in the United Kingdom in the English countryside. Um, I, how did I get to where I am? I guess what I do is I, I'm a podcaster. I call myself a crypto culture pioneer or evangelist. I'm like a web three apologist right now. I'm calling myself because so much has happened in the last, like, I would say two years specifically around like web three and crypto and NFTs that I was probably in one way or another involved in directly or indirectly, which I think I I feel the need I have to apologize for because it's gotten so crazy. Um, But I've always been really obsessed with pop culture. I was a women's and gender studies major in college. And I did a lot of like 
studying of the media and communication and how that had like influences of the patriarchy and feminism and all of these things. And I worked at a startup in Vermont. I was employee number three there. I fast became the only woman and the youngest person by like 20 years in executive leadership at this company where we focused a lot on like new media, uh, digital media, animation, storytelling, luxury products. And I took my passion there that I had developed for this world of like storytelling and, and new technologies, emerging media. And I went off to start my own consulting company and moved to LA. And I had a bunch of clients that I helped to kind of welcome into the Web3 space and help them bring their products to launch in that space. And then I fell in love with a Brit. <laughs> and decided to move um across the world and now i'm here yeah. <laughs> that was like i was like that a was, zigzag version of my story but... i was i was following the map plot points so okay, like, and now we're on the plane and we're we're here and now yes. we're here and now we're in the countryside and oh, it's it's such a great story i i yeah. love chatting with women who are disruptors in their whatever field they're in because it is you know, it, it's, it's scary. It's challenging. And it's just freaking awesome when you can be, be that sort of brave and courageous to go into a space and totally. be like, you know, I'm doing this thing. And it absolutely makes sense to me that your background would be in equality, specifically studying what you studied equality and really looking at how do we, how do we break through the patriarchy? And sometimes I think when when I well, certainly when I've had folks on the show that that's their background, they like go really the opposite direction where they're like, I want to do a lot of deep work around like emotional healing mm -hmm. and those sorts of things. And I'm sure you've done a lot of that work personally. And then mm -hmm. you're like, no, I'm going to like go break into the space where like it's been just like boys hanging out and yes, like, let lead the way for women in this space. It's, yes, yes, yes. It's so true. And it's such like it brings up such like interesting feelings in me because I feel like when I went into like when I started to forge my own path, like entrepreneurialism and brand building and all of this, I recognize now like I was doing it with such a chip on my shoulder because mm -hmm. I was that person who like when I was in college, I was like, you know, starting, like I was the youngest person on the board for Planned Parenthood of Northern New England. Like I was at all the rallies and doing all of this stuff. And, you know, slowly you start to lose, I think, pieces of like your inner work and advocacy that you want to do once you start like career Barbie path, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? And even more so you start to lose it when you are in those board rooms and when you are at those company meetings and when you're doing this work and you realize like, oh, I'm working three times as hard and getting a third of the recognition, but I'm the youngest person here and I'm the only woman here. And I think like all of us to say, like I went into my like own brand building and my own business journey with such a chip on my shoulder with so much to prove that I ended up like completely burning myself out. And I, I saw something just today that like resonated and hit me so hard that was like, it said, the more I feel, the less ambitious I feel. And it's like mm -hmm. this, this paradigm and this like, this like inner battle and struggle between like, I was so ambitious, because I had to prove myself because I had to, you know, show the people, you know, in the world or at the company that I used to work for, or the clients that I used to have, that like, I am like, top bitch, like head bitch, like, 
I did it for somebody else. I did it for you. And now I'm doing it for myself. And like, I'm the common denominator for success. And once you realize, like, once you really start to strip back and like sift through what it is that you want in your life, you start to then like clear through the bullshit of like those material things and like this idea of proving yourself. And now I'm at a place where I'm like, oh, I can look at all my accomplishments and all the work that I've done, but I don't have to like scream it from the rooftops because if people don't see it and they don't get it, they're not going to. And that's not my job. Yeah. I've on this show, I have in this season, especially a lot of the conversations have really pivoted into the realm of entrepreneurship. And when I started Mm. the show three years ago, we were in the midst of a pandemic. And like, all I wanted Mm. to talk about was modalities for your Mm. well-being. So the listeners Mm. that were coming to the show, it's like, you know, one week I'd have like an angel guide and the next week I'd have a meditation teacher. Then it'd be a project. And I'm like, this is what we need right now. This is where we're at. Like we're just trying to get through some like really fucked up stuff. And that's what I needed. And I felt like that's what the audience that was coming to the show, that's what they were coming for. And then this Mm -hmm. year, I've been working on building a new business. I've obviously got an existing business that I've built over the course of of 10 years time. And there was a little bit of this like fear in me of like, if I start to have these business oriented conversations, do my do my like spiritual folks, do they they not, are they not into it? Do they like, Mm -hmm. are they like, what are you doing? And I've noticed our audience is like, Hey, thanks for that. Because, you know, we still do live in a capitalistic society and we have to still like find a way to make money while we're doing our meditation and our breath work. We still got to have a game plan for life. And I, for one, feel like if creatives and artists can step into some sort of strategy around how to how to make more money, how to become an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. how to build their brand. That's just better for all of us. But it was definitely, there was some fear around that at the beginning of the conversation. But I was like, hey, it's what I'm into. It's what I'm doing. If I don't have this conversation, it really isn't fair. I shouldn't be gatekeeping this conversation. Yes, 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 yes. And this is like, I was just like thinking about gatekeeping and like democratizing because wasn't the pandemic just like such a time for like, democratizing different parts of our lives. Like, you know, even like self care, like self care pre pandemic meant like showing up going to yoga class, going to your breathwork studio, going to the spa, like having your facials or going shopping, going to the mall. And then all of a sudden, like all of these places, like these separate places that we physically had to go to to practice our self care were closed. So like we have then democratized democratize that part of our life to be like, Oh, I can do this myself and do this at home. And then in a way, work became democratized. Because even if we were working for somebody, we were working from home, all of this starts happening. And then like, you see these patterns where like, this is what my obsession is, is like connecting these like huge canon events in culture to see what is happening next. And like, that's why I think the web three and like crypto kind of, I say boom, but I also mean bubble because it, in a lot of ways it has been a bubble of like early, you know, 2021 into, I would say like last summer, really, you know, last fall when so many collapses happened, but you see all of that because if you're democratizing everything from your self care to your work, to your own creativity, to your own kind of e-commerce patterns and everything, why wouldn't we then move on to democratize 
financial systems and structures and all of that. So it's, yeah, it is like, there's such a pattern here. So it makes sense that people who were drawn to your show for like their own kind of spiritual, emotional, mental well-being are now thinking like, okay, what's the next step in that? Like I've healed this part of me. How can I expand now even further beyond my own like level of, of comfort and elasticity? You've articulated it really well. Yes. <laughs> that's it that's the thing just came to me (laughs) yeah but that that is that that is the thing that's the move okay so I want to talk about web three and well first how do you see the intersection of art and technology and finance evolving now as we're you know moving through this year and what's the role that web three plays in in that evolution I think what Web3 does for all of those things goes back to that democratizing. So it essentially cuts out the middle man, which is like, seems like kind of a foreign concept to people. But if you think about it, like, let's think about because you're you are building your own brand, you're building your own company, I assume. So like you said, guests on the show, a lot of people listen are what we kind of all know to be true at this point is that brands and businesses no longer dictate trends. Consumers do, right? Like that's why it's so important to have your social presence, to participate on TikTok, to to be able to reach those audiences because consumers are needing more and more repetition. They have to see things. They have to see that their friends like them, that influencers like them, all of this. Like when you think about that, like then you can start to see like a pattern of, okay, yes, these other systems are going to start to be influenced by different consumer groups as well. And that's where I think like really finance, tech and art start to come into play with Web3 where it's like, well, we just don't need them anymore. We just don't need these these like middle structures. Like we don't need the centralized finance systems. I mean, in some ways, we're always going to need to that like is what upholds our society. And that's fine. But in the art world, like, who is saying what is good art right now or bad art? It's like a very small number of people and we're consuming art in so many different ways. Like I think technology itself too, is like we are, it is such a big part of our life to the point where we're like completely desensitized to it. Like look at like, we're like, okay, we couldn't get on Riverside. Now we're on zoom. We're talking about remotely, like all these different things, but to be able to talk about these these products and these softwares without even recognizing that even 10 years ago, could we have done this? Like, could we have had a conversation like this so effortlessly, so live, so up to the megabyte moment? Like, things are just evolving rapidly. And to think about, like, how can we cut out the the pain points and like the structures that make it more difficult for us to leverage these things that are already parts of our life. Yeah, I love this um this analogy of exactly what you and I are doing right now and I think like that's yeah. the thing that like breaking down the like what what has been removed, what's the complexity that has been removed to make these relationships significantly yes. more possible. And then when we think about from a entrepreneurship standpoint, I think sometimes we as women can be like, okay, I don't know how to use, I don't know how to mm-hmm. use this thing, whatever it may yes. be. But that's like the breaking down of the complexity of it's like, it's just, it's just about getting you in touch with the person who is your perfect person for your product yes. or service in a much, in and in just a, a, a simple way. 
Exactly. Exactly. It's all about like it, the core of it all is about relationships, right? It's like our relationship to each other, our relationships to technology, like whatever that looks like. I think if you have like the ability and like back to ambition a little bit, like if you have an ambition to build a relationship with insert X or Y product person, software program, anything, then you can get it done. Like I had like next to zero, I had next to no literacy, like financial literacy, tech literacy, programming literacy, anything like computer literacy, I could barely like function my Gmail account, like my, I even call it a Gmail calendar, like my Google calendar. And yet I became somebody who was deploying smart contracts, which is like a very like colloquial term in in like the web three space, but that requires like a pretty significant amount of software development and programming skills. But if I can figure out how to do it, anybody can. And I think back to like the, the language around it, like even saying like deploying smart contracts, like the language is built purposely to feel exclusive and to Mm -hmm. feel discriminatory and to feel inaccessible, especially to women, especially to women of color. Like we, we get put in this position where we're like, no, like, I'm just not going to do that because it is scary and it is daunting. But like, just to imagine having like the confidence of a man who doesn't know shit, but is just like convinced in his mind that he can do it. Like, that's what you have to go into. And you have to remember these things are built and designed and and they're advertised in a way that is supposed to make me feel a bit bad about myself and a bit like I don't belong and like I can't be a part of this. And anytime that that like beige or red flag pops up, that's when you should be saying like, oh, this is actually like a green light to go and to try to get around this because they're trying to keep me out and I'm not going to have that. I saw this Instagram post this morning. It was okay do you remember the actress that played blossom do you remember that show from like the 90 it was like an old show she it was like okay 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 she she played blossom and she it was like the i don't even really remember what the show is about but she was like this teenage girl and she like wore a big floppy hat with like flowers on it it was like her family anyways she's like (laughs) in her 40s now and she has two kids and i think they're like teenagers and the instagram post which is, this is not surprising, but it, I like stopped me in my tracks and I was like, I legit cannot, I, I just can't believe that we're still, we're still doing this. So it was like, mm-hmm. she's so bold. Also, by the way, this woman has a PhD. I don't know anything else about her. I just know she played, she was an actress in her teen uh-huh, and like uh-huh, in the nineties, uh-huh. she's a mom now and she has a PhD and she probably has millions of dollars because the show is like syndicated all right. over the place. So she has okay. a PhD in neuroscience, I think, but it was like the Instagram post was She's so bold. Her fingernail, she shows her bitten fingernails and her gray hair in public. And like the like level of like attack I felt for Mm. all women that like, are we really still like, Mm. are we real? That is really what we're focused on. Like, is this real that we're real? Like we're actually calling her out for the fact that she didn't have a manicure and like hasn't gone and gotten her hair colored. Like, but like it's insane. It's wild. It's wild. And so then we think about like this is a person who has a PhD in neuroscience. Like, would we ever call out a man no, who's a PhD in neuroscience for like the fact that he doesn't have his 
a manicure and like, where's his hair gray? Like, what the hell is happening? These and are the things. Yeah. These, these are the things. And so as I was thinking about like, just the challenges that women women face when it comes to breaking into any mm. any space that historic historically has not been for them those are the like those are the first things those are the first digs it's like mm. well, you don't look like you should be here oh and exactly. like if you are going to be here you better like really really do it this way and like look the part and like t- speak the mm. part mm. And if you choose not to do that, then, ooh, you're really, wow, she's really, really bold. Like, exactly. Exactly. What have you been doing? I think it's just like, it's whenever something is happening, like in the world that presents kind of like a threat to the like, the old school, like the old world, like patriarchal institution, like any person or thing that threatens that idea. And that acts that stands to threaten like the pillars that have upheld that society is just like completely like beaten down. And that is something that like, we're, we're never going to get past that. Like I just had a conversation with somebody about this on my podcast about like women can't have it all. Like this is like, we've been sold this idea that like we can have it all, but like we can't. And it's not because it's not for lack of trying. It's not for lack of like skill and talent. It is, because the world is constructed and organized like society is like a video game in which the developers have ensured that we will not get to that final boss like we will not get to the le- to the end of the last level and if we do we won't definitely won't get there as fast as our male counterparts will so it's like once you once i think you come to realize that you can like course correct and say like well, what is it that I want that is having it all for me? Like not this version of having it all that the world tells you like, oh, you can do it. You can get married and you can have a family and you can have a career and you can have riches and have like whatever it is that they tell us means having it all. Like that might not be somebody's all. So I think like, especially in, in, in emerging spaces. And like you said, in disruptive kind of fields or when you have this disruptive idea, you have to know that not everybody like there are some people that as much as you like share the good word and your wisdom with them they're never going to hear you and they're never going to care because you're the thing that you are trying to disrupt upholds a part of their life that that they want to keep intact so like just stop trying to talk to those people i think like just stop showing up to those spaces. Like I've spent so much time trying to prove myself and convince people that I should be in a room, that I should be at a table, that I should be seen, that I should be heard because I know that I had better things to say or better contributions than another person or a man specifically like sitting across from me or sitting at that very table. And I finally just realized I was like, I don't want to be a part of that. Like, I don't want to try to, I don't want to expend my energy to try to change your mind when there's a whole world of people out here that are like kind of waiting to hear my voice and that will just latch on very quickly and easily. And then we can go on and like do that good fight and disrupt this thing together. Yeah. Yeah. We can go do our thing. What advice would you give to female entrepreneurs who are interested in learning how to incorporate web three or blockchain into their 
into their brand, what are some of the first things that they can do to like really get their brain around how to do that? I think just like spending a bit of time on like research and whatever that means to you. Like, unfortunately, there isn't like a good resource or a platform to point people to that can where they can really learn and understand things because it's it is so gatekept and like the language and vocabulary is so difficult to understand but you know there's a lot of things that you can kind of like start to learn about around technology like i have told people this and they think i'm crazy but there is um a movie on netflix called it's a documentary called fantastic fungi And it's all about mycelium networks, like mushrooms, basically, and like how mushrooms communicate with trees and tree like through their roots and everything. And I tell people, if you watch this documentary, and you can get it, like fundamentally understand how a mycelium network works, you understand how the blockchain works. Like it is the same thing you can just like flip flop out the word mycelium or mushroom or fungus for blockchain or nodes or whatever else like when you start to see these things like in the world and in nature it makes it easier to then digest them on like a technical level but really like beside that like the the learning part and the research part i think it is just like opening yourself up to recognizing how your life has changed in the last 10 years and last five years and last two years, especially when it comes to technology, like make a list of the devices, the programs, the softwares, the things that you do and access that you haven't accessed five, 10 or so years ago. And once you start to see how quickly things have evolved, you'll realize that like, oh, the next like digital revolution and the next evolution of technology is coming. And I'm not afraid of it because I've already been evolving. I've already been here and been evolving and it hasn't been scary just because people are talking about AI, like it's scary or NFTs or tokens or cryptocurrency or hackers. They're making it sound scary, but it's not like it's the same way that they made the internet sound scary and the, you know, dot com era sounds scary and iPhone sounds scary. Like, we all turned out like relatively unscathed or most of us turned out unscathed. Like those problems are for the next, the next generation of psychologists to deal with. (laughs) What are some brands that are doing this really well that we could look to, to get some inspiration and ideas of ways to employ web three into, into your business? Well, I think there's like, this is a good question. I probably know of a lot more than like, I'm going to be able to recall right now. But like, if you see like Louis Vuitton just had their, their like spring, summer, um, fashion week launch and their, their campaign. And I think they've got some like web three or NFT components to it. I know like other fashion brands, even like Tiffany's, I think has been a part of it. Like, you can definitely look at what brands I think in luxury fashion have done well and have implemented NFTs. But the other thing to realize is that like NFTs, which stands for non-fungible tokens for people who don't know, aren't the only thing that you can do to that, that you can implement as part of like a web three strategy for your brand. So I know of a couple of people, some of which I'm under NDA for that are working with you know creators like ourselves 
podcasters, content creators on YouTube, on TikTok, other places. And they're creating programs for people to be able to tokenize their content to then be able to essentially sell off percentages or like dividends to investors to help grow their channels. And they're just... It is like basically it's the exact same way that a startup company works when you find like seed round investors or series A investors, but it's all happening through blockchain. So you're getting these like kind of constant check-ins and annual kind of approaches and technical approaches to distributing ownership of your content. I think like other, I think musicians will do this. Like if Taylor Swift was able to have her like, publishing rights tokenized on the blockchain. I think she probably would have done it. Like people will do that in the future. So there's a lot of, there's a lot to be seen. And there's, I think there's even more ways that we're going to see web three type technology in our lives without necessarily knowing that it's web three. Like um, Visa plus has implemented a payment bridge. So you can pay people from across PayPal and Venmo. So if I have PayPal and you have Venmo, and we want to exchange $20 for something, we can use Visa Plus as a bridge to essentially like cross these two different financial systems, which that is essentially a cryptocurrency technology that a lot like where people are able to exchange Ethereum for Bitcoin or, you know, Dogecoin for Mooncoin or whatever the hell. Like these things are popping up where you're not even going to realize this is a native web three technology but because i'm not natively a part of web three i'm just using it as part of my everyday life and it's making my life easier yeah it's almost as if things things move so fast and we're used to that now obviously yes. like we're like okay zoom is a thing okay iphones are a thing okay I can, yes. you know i'm on this platform and it you know i can reach this person doing this thing in a matter of like milliseconds. And so yes. the idea of like PayPal and Venmo connecting feels like, yeah, yeah that, that should work. Like that should just yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like, oh, wait, the fact that that hasn't been a thing sooner, like how annoying, like, oh, okay, this is making my life mm -hmm. easier. It's just a payment bridge. Like it's, uh, it's so easy. And you're like, duh, it clicks. Yeah. And from a brand perspective, when we think about you know, even five years ago, the way that a brand would have to go to launch with a product and, mm. you know, they may be going to market, they may be trying to get a distributor, they may be, you know, yes. of course, trying to do the D to C thing. And, you know, even brands like Glossier were like struggled with like building a platform that could like sell the way they wanted to sell five, five or eight years ago. And now the, the reality is you could put a, you know, get a product to go viral on TikTok and you're, you know, you move 50,000 units in like a yeah. week and it's like, it's amazing. Exactly. But like, imagine back like 10 years ago, if a brand launched like a Glossier launched and like assume that there was some type of modality or mechanism for them to sell 50,000 products in a week. But imagine that like, e-commerce streamlining wasn't set up or like this like distribute like all the distribution like programs and technologies that we have in place or like drop shipping wasn't a thing yet like these things are happening like as the technology like the blocks of technology are growing to support them like i i had somebody on my podcast just last week who he you know he launched a product brand like an apparel brand 
back a long time ago based on like a an early blog that he had like he was like one of the first like bodybuilding bloggers and now has like a eight or nine figure like a product brands like insane but he didn't have back then they didn't have like streamlined shopify like they were literally you know hand typing and writing labels and and sending things out like the fact that he was able to build that brand at that time in that capacity to that velocity, like it wasn't as right now, he's like, it's so easy now, like, it's so easy to do now. And I think when we think about these technologies and things like growing and changing and evolving, they are all happening kind of like, at once, but in their own time, and we can start to like, keep our eyes peeled for ways that we can create structures to reward our reward customers, reward our followers, like, when that type of language, even saying reward followers, wasn't even like on our radar five or 10 years ago. Like there was no reason to because we didn't have followers like that. Like we weren't growing in that way. It's just crazy. It's, it's, it's really, it's so crazy and so cool when you think about what's possible and what you can do to be, you know, a solo entrepreneur building something and how quickly you can now reach your people, how you can, Mm -hmm. you can connect directly to them. I'm interested in your perspective on how we can, how female entrepreneurs especially can use AI to leverage Mm -hmm. their brands and business. I know in my, in my business, we were very, we were super early adopters of like chat GPT and Google Bard and, and all of those things. And it's made a big impact in our efficiencies and how we're creating communications and mm-hmm. how we're writing um, future investment pitches for the business. Like all, we're, we're using those tools for as if it's a, a an active marketing or even like admin yes. support within our within the business. Because my business is small; it's myself plus one other person. So, yes, I'd love your thoughts on that and what what someone could could do to begin to implement that into their business if they haven't already? Oh my God. AI is insane, right? Like it's, it is just like so untapped. Like I would say the first thing that somebody should do is just start playing with it. Like create like a, um, what is Google's like open API or whatever, create an account to be able to use some of like Google's AI tools and just play around. Like, you can ask ChatGPT to create you an entire month's worth of social content to give you the ideas. Now you can use like my my partner is a digital artist. He's been a digital artist for over 15 years. He created album covers and mixtape covers for basically every single rapper and hip hop person that you could ever imagine or name. Like everybody from Chris Brown to Nicki Minaj, Fabulous, like everybody literally everybody and he was like he just shakes his head and he's like if i had ai back then like to, if i had these like ai art tools back then to be able to create mixtape covers he's like i would have been able to create 200 covers a day like it, it's getting more and more like it's even getting good at using text copy like whatever you could use it to place a product like take a picture of your product go on to pixel cut, remove the background and upload it into like a mid journey or a stable diffusion. And you can put it in Kim Kardashian's house, literally like the most, but the first step is to just start playing around with it. Like 
it's funny, like using chat GPT is almost like dating at first. Like it takes me back to like chat roulette days or mm-hmm. like Omegle when you'd be like, hi, like, how are you? Can you write me a press release? Like, but once you get good at it, you're like, okay, I'm going to give it X, Y, and Z information. I'm going to tell it what to do. Like use it as an assistant, use it as, you know, more than an assistant, like an executive hat. Yeah. Like it's seriously so powerful and it's only getting better. But the first step is to just start playing around and like, let yourself feel a little bit awkward, let yourself feel a little bit uncomfortable. Again, that goes back to like that beige or red flag. If that comes up and you're like, this is hard, I can't figure it out. It's probably a sign that you should keep going because it's trying to keep you out and like, you're going to have a breakthrough. Yeah. My, my preferred platform now is the Google platform. So that one's Google Bard. And my like go-to is to load it up with information on whatever it is I'm about to be working on. So like, here's all the details I have about this. I mean, for example, before our podcast episode, as I was prepping yesterday, I like plugged in a bunch of information about you, your website, your Instagram, your Twitter, all your YouTube, your podcast. I'm like, I'm talking to her tomorrow. Here's all the stuff about her. Mm -hmm. Now, give me back high level questions that female entrepreneurs would want. What would they want to ask her? Give me all of that for my podcast interview. And it like spit I do out that all the time. 25 questions for you. you it's know? so good. Like write me an intro, write me an outro, mm-hmm. write a trailer for like, write a high level pitch. And you can even say like, write a because I do on my podcast in season one, I did a lot of news episodes. And I would be like, okay, how do I talk about I pick three like news stories that were like crypto tech related. And I would put them into a chat GPT. And I would say like, write these in the voice of a 28 year old Mm -hmm. woman who is speaking to other people who are probably like, who have low literacy in like crypto news who care more about pop culture, like add jokes, all these things. And it would create full scripts for me. Like you can tell it what voice to write in, like who to write for. It's, it's absolutely insane. And it's one of those things where like, if you go on your Apple news or, you know, Google News or just open up wherever you get your news, type in AI or you don't even have to type it in. It's like they're all horror stories. It's all crazy stories. You know, somebody's grandma was scammed because a deep fake voice impersonated her grandson. Like, I believe those things are happening, but they're if they're being written on and they're being like so widely distributed to you, it's because they're trying to deter you from using these tools because it will streamline your life so much. And it is inevitably going to make some, I think, positions or some jobs obsolete. But like, also, the more that you know how to use this to your advantage, I have a friend who works, I shouldn't even I shouldn't say but a who works for a massive game development company, a board games, you can guess, and half of his department was laid off last year. And he's like, literally, so spread so thin. And he's like, I use chat GPT now. And 50% 50% of my day is streamlined. It's like, it's amazing. Like that, that it can help you keep your job, do your job better, grow your business, grow your business faster. Like it's amazing. Yeah. And if, if you've been in this headspace of like, I have something I want to start some, a passion project I want to pursue something I want to monetize. Yes. And you know, the reality is so many of us, when we're building something at the beginning, we are working a nine to five. We've got other things we're having mm-hmm. to do, or we're like, waiting tables. We're doing something to make money while we build whatever our thing is or work to monetize that thing. 
now we have so we we have so much more ability mm. we have such a higher ability to get the thing in motion faster without overwhelming ourselves burning ourselves out if we just take advantage of the tools in the right way exactly work smarter not harder 100% yep. yeah Carson, this has been such a fun conversation to have with you. Thank you so, fun. so much. And okay, tell us where we can find all the things. Tell us what you're up to next and where we can find the podcast, the Instagrams, the all the things. Yes, yes. Well, I've had so much fun. It's like I love I love getting to talk about this stuff, like especially after a time where like I exhausted myself so much from it that I almost like completely turned my back to it now like getting to have good conversations with good people about the things that I'm passionate about reminds me why I'm passionate about them but so you can find me my podcast is called the Carson Daily Show um I would say you know a lot of like season I just started um releasing season two which I'm really excited about a lot of season one is like very heavy on web three and kind of crypto native people I would say there's still something for everybody in there but if you want to get started, like listen to season two, where I'm starting to focus more on like early, like what, what we consider web two kind of brand builders and entrepreneurs. And you'll start to pick up these trends that um, are, are reemerging or evolving in like this web three era that we're in. So, but I think really fun conversations and I'm on Instagram at Carson daily and at Carson daily show and on Twitter at Carson daily. And yeah, I'm always around. I'm happy to, DM with people, help them, point them in directions. Like I'm all about democratizing, you know, the next wave of internet evolution. So yeah, you're absolutely. You're such a resource for those that are listening, those that are considering how do I do this in my life? So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. And I absolutely want to encourage anyone who's listening, who's like, okay, now my brain is like, is like... (laughs) It's like fired. Go, go check out your show. Go listen to Carson's show. Go check out what she's doing on social and you'll get so much more knowledge. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for joining us today for this episode. If you have not yet left us a review, I would not be a good podcaster if I did not ask you to take a look at the app that you're listening to this show on right now, whether it is Apple Pods or Spotify or Google Pods, there are places to leave ratings and reviews in each of those apps. If you could kindly leave us five stars, if you believe that's what this show is worthy of, that would be amazing. And if you feel called to share a note about this episode or any of the episodes that you've loved, I would absolutely appreciate it and would love to shout you out here on the show as well. Also, give us a follow over at your woo woo BFF. We love to see who's following the show and if this episode has resonated with you and feel called to share it on social. That's amazing. You can tag us there at your woo woo BFF. And lastly, If you have not yet taken our newest free masterclass, The Unschool, it is available now. It is for you and it is free. And I have the link for that class in the show notes. I will see you back here again next week. Signing off, Andy, your woo-woo BFF.